This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. You know, sometimes life is full of wonderful surprises and unexpected challenges. We're used to certain routines and then it changes. Some Catholics in the Sioux Empire are currently experiencing this different pattern through the Set Ablaze initiative. Even if you're not Catholic, you've probably been hearing about the Set Ablaze initiative and are curious what all this means. Joining us right now is someone who is knowledgeable about the Set Ablaze initiative and is a South Dakota State Jackrabbits fan. <laughs> Welcome, Father Andrew Dickinson. Welcome, Father. Thank you. It's so great to be must, here. Yeah, you must be very excited. Uh, well, lots of ways, yes. But I'm assuming you on the SDSU <laughs> yes, point. Yes, yes. It's, it's certainly exciting. Uh, during the octave of the victory, a little Catholic phrase in there, certainly made sure to wear the stocking hats and maybe wear the SDSU socks over the pant legs for a couple of days, but it's been good. Did you go to Frisco? Oh, no. I mean, Sunday Sunday's the one day a week that I work. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That would make it a little bit of a challenge. It did, it did. But I uh, knew lots of alumni that went and uh, watched with some alumni in the area. It was uh, very satisfying, very great. Yeah, very, yeah. very great to hear. Now, before we talk more about the Set Up Blaze initiative and a little bit more about the Jackrabbits to uh, other news about the diocese, let's talk about you. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and your role with the diocese. Sure. Uh, so I'm originally from Yankton, South Dakota. Uh, was raised there. My widowed mom still lives there. Uh, I've got one older brother uh, who's down in Nebraska. Uh, went to uh, college for a couple years studying chemistry and music uh, to be a secondary ed or something with chemistry maybe. But then uh, um, went to uh, priestly life. Right now I serve as the pastor of St. Catherine Drexel uh, on the west side of Sioux Falls, take 26th Street all the way until it ends, and that's where St. Catherine Drexel is. And then uh, three other parishes to the south and west, St. Nicholas and T, St. Magdalene and Lennox, and St. Christina and Parker. Uh, in addition to that role as pastor, I also serve for Bishop uh, DeGrood as what's called a vicar general. Uh, vicar general is just someone who vicariously represents the bishop in certain uh, responsibilities and circumstances. Uh, and for myself, uh, I represent especially for this Set Ablaze uh, initiative of pastoral planning. Yeah, awesome. Every priest has a story, as I've come to learn during my time as a, as a practicing Catholic. So, Father Andrew, who or what inspired you to become a priest? Uh, I like to say I made the mistake of asking God what he wanted me to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually making two mistakes uh, in the same day. I was, it was in college, uh, my freshman year of college and uh, in Marshall, Minnesota. And I was running uh, for some reason. I didn't really run that much in those days, mm -hmm. and, but I was running. And then while running to pass the time, I was praying and just kind of thinking about the Our Father for some reason. Mm -hmm. And just uh, the line in there, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, just got me thinking and asking okay, God, like, what do you want? Like, I've kind of always been thinking about what I want. Uh, and, but I need to, I suppose, ask what you want. And so I guess I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I'd really like it if I get a PhD in chemistry and, you know, get married and have a family, but whatever you want. 
And that really just started uh, a whole like openness that wasn't there previously in my life and just started noticing things of just kind of God kind of felt like he was tapping me on the back of my head and then maybe kind of punching me in the shoulder and then finally maybe like, you know, turning me around uh, to look at what he wanted me to look at. Can you uh, recall a certain instance? Because you said oh. tapping you on the shoulder, pushing you on the back. Yeah. Describe that. A lot of instances that way. So um, one of them, uh, this was now in my, towards the end of my sophomore year, I think of uh, college at that point. Um, I was, uh, I'd been back in Yankton at a youth retreat, a program called Search that still goes on, uh, now hosted in Sioux Falls at that search retreat and had wanted to talk with some people and just didn't get a chance. And this guy's kind of frustrated, had driven back home uh, to college, tired, uh, just wanted to watch a little, uh, of all things, Space Ghost Coast to Coast on the Cartoon Network uh, <laughs> in my dorm room, uh, back in the days of cable and dorm rooms mm-hmm. uh, in the 1990s, and uh, had re- just flipping through the channels to get to this silly, stupid cartoon show I was going to watch. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, flipped through uh, Channel 59, which was the church channel, ca- uh, the Catholic uh, television station, EWTN. And uh, I just spent, you know, all this time kind of frustrated, you know, mad at God. Why don't you just tell me what you want to do? And like saying to God, uh, you know, I can never pick up hints from girls, you know, and things like that. <laughs> so like, God, you just need to make it obvious. And so I turned the uh, channel, there's uh, this youth show called Life on the Rock with a man by the name of Jeff Cavins, and his face is there on the show, and he just says, have you ever thought about being a priest? That was like his cold open wow. for the show, you know, head and shoulders uh, shot of him on the TV. Have you ever thought about being a priest? Mm. Uh, I changed the channel the last three stations to get to the cartoon show through the remote across the room, <laughs> right? Because I was mad that God had answered my prayer that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, turned back to watch the show and what they were talking about. But that was certainly one of those kind of like jerk me around to look at him moments. Wow. Yeah. So that was a shocking moment when you told your family that this is the path that you were going to take. Were they surprised? Um, kind of, uh, but uh, very supportive. So uh, when I was thinking about telling my parents this, this would have been then that summer where I was kind of at the point where I need to look at this question. Mm-hmm. I didn't know for sure I needed to be a priest. I knew I needed to at least investigate this question, right? Um, and I m- remember my dad saying to me, and he sent my brother and I that he'd say, John, Andy, I don't care what you do with your life. You can be a truck driver, a doctor, a lawyer, a garbage man. I don't care. You just got to do three things. You got to love God. You got to love your mom and myself. And you got to live within about a tank of gas driving distance so we can visit one another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so uh, I went to him and I called him out on that. I said, hey, dad, do you remember you used to say this? And he said, no. <laughs> he said, I don't remember wow. saying it. But this is, but it sounds like something I would say. And I said, well, <laughs> anyways, I remember this and I think I'm supposed to go do this. And he's like, all right. And so he was just very supportive. Uh, my parents uh, have great faith. Uh, my dad, as I said, passed away. Um, but, uh, they had great faith and also very reasonable, uh, in a lot of ways. It wasn't a dream of theirs that they'd have a son that'd be a priest or something like that, but they took it in stride 
And um, I remember my dad would always just have like some good sober discussions with me about once a year. How are things going? Um, if you didn't do this, would you want to do something else? You know, do you have things this way? Do you feel supported? Um, really was just uh, a great experience for me having that support for my parents. Yeah. And doing some research on you, I noticed that your hobbies include running, music, cooking, and eating, which yes. those two go perfectly. Hand, hand in hand. hand. So what's Father Andrew's playlist? I'm curious because I'm a runner myself. Okay. So your top five running sure. songs. Um, I don't know if I have a, f I, it depends on the mood in some ways, yeah. Oh, but yeah, I get so it. for me, like it's more of like a style. Okay. And yeah. so like, I like extended jams. Oh. So since I do, I've done a couple marathons, even tried an ultra once, which was interesting. But, <laughs> uh, so I, since I'm running for a long time, I like, I'm fine with songs that are long. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm. From the 1990s, so a lot of influence there. But, like, you know, I love a band that plays live and then maybe, you know, with good musician musicianship and then we might play on their song a bit. So, like, a Dave Matthews Band live album where they turn, oh, you know, okay. a five-minute song into a 17-minute song. You know, I don't yeah. get uh, – it's, it's you like can kind that. of get lost in that when you're in the long runs. Sure. In that way. Um, same thing. Like, I love a band that likes to play live and you can tell the difference of a band that likes to play live and a band, right. You know, band that's that we're going to play the hits, get our paycheck and move on. Mm -hmm. And then the bands are there like, Hey, we're here to like, just revel in the music and enjoy the music. And so like with my own kind of music background, I just really appreciate that and love that. And so when I'm running like to tap into bands that have feels like that, uh, Dave Matthews band rush. Ooh, uh, yeah. Uh, OAR is one uh, as well, a little uh, more recent in that way, although they're still kind of old in that regard. <laughs> and then maybe another one I'd mention, just uh, not getting you to five, but uh, a recently just a, a small little group called the uh, uh, Delvin Lamar Organ Trio. Interesting. Yeah. And so it's like this jazzy little group, uh, a Hammond organ, a guitar, a drummer, uh, really tight arrangements. Uh, no vocals, but just something that's just a little different. Probably pairs perfectly with whatever you're cooking prior to your run. So I'm thinking like a pasta, carbo loading, get a Some little of that. Dave Matthews going. I, especially like the eating after the run. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's it's all about the food. That's why we work out. It's for the food, essentially. A lot of people don't understand that, but that's true. <laughs> if you are just listening, we are being joined in the studio right now with Father Andrew Dickinson. He is with the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls, and we're talking about the Set Ablaze Initiative. And yeah, that is what's happening right now in the Sioux Falls area. It's really bringing a lot of curiosity here in the community. And the project, I believe, began almost two years ago. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. And it's in effect for the Sioux Falls Diocese only. So when I say diocese, why don't you break that down for sure. people listening who don't know what that means? So a good way to think about it is that the church is the world's oldest, longest-running bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And so to manage things, the church, to organize things, has divided things up. And this is biblical, going back to uh, Moses in the book of Exodus, uh, the idea of creating just different levels of governance to handle things. And so a diocese, you can think about it as a region or, you know, in our own minds, we think about states. 
And so a diocese is an area of land that has a bishop in charge of it. And within that land, there's multiple cities and multiple parish churches within that. And it's that bishop's responsibility to care for uh, the life of the faith within that land area of the diocese. What towns are under the Sioux Falls Diocese branch? So the Sioux Falls Diocese is East River, South Dakota. So uh, from Mobridge uh, up in the far uh, north central part of the state, uh, the northwest part of the diocese, over to Millbank, uh, down to Elk Point, over to uh, Wagner, Lake Andes, Marty, everything in between that. Chamberlain to Sioux Falls along I-90, that's the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And West River, they also have their own separate... Correct. That's the Diocese mm-hmm. of Rapid City. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so a lot of diocese boundaries will also follow uh, some of the civil boundaries as well in that way because... Uh, like we don't have a lot of cross state boundaries just because for things for operation, uh, a uh, civil nonprofit, there's legal things that are different from state to state. And so it just makes it tighter to have within state boundaries. The Set Up Blaze initiative, it's not something new. Similar initiatives have already happened in diocese across the country, including my hometown area of Chicago. They went through this similar transformation Again, I want to say about maybe three, four years ago. And there are a couple of parts to the Set Ablaze initiative. So let's start off with how the Set Ablaze initiative conversation got started. Sure. Uh, as you say, you know, with your own experience uh, yeah. in your hometown area of Chicago, right now, probably across the country, uh, you could probably break it into thirds. Probably about a third of the dioceses have gone through something like this. A third are currently going through mm-hmm. something like this, like we are in Sioux Falls, and a third are probably planning and preparing to go through something like this in the near future. So this is under Bishop DeGrude's leadership uh, to uh, look at some questions that we have in the diocese. We've done some similar things. Uh, 2014, Bishop Paul Swain, uh, the predecessor of Bishop DeGrude, who passed away just over a year ago, um, had done some similar things. And so there are some structural components to it. Uh, to look at questions just as populations move and change. Um, You know, in South Dakota, we've gone through those sorts of things before, just in terms of the rise and fall of the railroads, uh, the rise and fall of the interstates, uh, or at least uh, we're still in the rise of the interstates, have certainly impacted how South Dakotans live, how South Dakotans live, where South Dakotans live, and how we need to minister to them. So there's a structural component to it. But there's also then uh, a spiritual reinvigoration that Bishop DeGrude wants to happen uh, as well. So four aims of uh, the Set Ablaze initiative is, uh, number one, to scale resources, uh, that they can be more effective. And that's uh, an impact that a lot of people would have seen uh, July 5th of this past year, 2023, where uh, parish many parishes started to be grouped together in uh, uh, pastorates. In that way, to try and create a common mission field there and a common scaling. So that part has been accomplished. There is a time of public comment for that. Uh, going back to that fall previously, uh, for parishioners to speak in, hey, we really wouldn't pair well uh, with this parish. You know, we're arch rivals in sports or something like that. <laughs> uh, it just would be a recipe for disaster. Sure. Um, and so uh, we did those kind of pairings as ways to break things down. Uh, another aim was to um, then uh, maximize the complementarity of priestly gifts. 
So before July 5 of this past year, uh, we had 50-some pastors in the diocese amongst our priests. Mm. Of, so um, maybe just for our listener, for your listeners, um, the uh, um, not every pastor is a priest, but not every priest is a pastor. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, before July 5, you know, we probably had about 11 priests that weren't pastors. Uh, now we have about probably... Uh, 30 uh, priests that aren't pastors. And so that was a, a big change in that way. But the reason we did it is that um, not every priest is good at some of the administrative duties of running a parish, uh, finance councils, budgets, uh, HR responsibilities, things like that. And so we took that off of uh, guys' plates uh, so that hopefully then they are freer to do the things they love to do and the things that really make priesthood enjoyable, uh, being with the people, CCD classes, Catholic schools, uh, visiting the elderly, ministering to people at their times of needs, uh, to lift that burden of administration off their shoulders. And for those 25 priests that are serving as pastors, um, they uh, are, because they administrate well, they administrate it easily. You know, someone who can do, I'm sure there's things in uh, radio world and radio production that you do well and some things you don't do well. Mm -hmm. And things you don't do well, it's a labor to get them done. Sometimes it's speaking. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But so in the same way, it's just to to maximize that complementarity in that way. So that's why, so some, one thing that some of your listeners might notice is that uh, maybe they have more priests in their life than they're used to. Maybe it's been mm-hmm. a, a workload to get caught up with the different priests in that way. Uh, so that's the second. And those two aims have really been done and accomplished. Now we're working on the third and fourth aim of Set Ablaze, which is to uh, prioritize and align our resources within the diocese for a, uh, so that all of our talents, gifts, clergy, all the wonderful gi- things that God has given us, can be aimed towards a intense and sustained effort to build a culture of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love, uh, which is really Bishop DeGroote's desire and vision for every soul within the diocese. Um, so now we're working with parish town halls and things like that uh, to engage that and start creating a long-term vision that way. And then the fourth aim is to really encourage and activate what we call the co-responsibility of the laity. Laity being a technical term for someone like yourself, uh, the uh, average person in the pew. Do I feel a sense, uh, do you feel a sense of your co-responsibility for the growth in the life of the church? So what would you say the goal is for the Set Ablaze initiative by the time it's all said and done? Sure. Um to uh, create a culture of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love is really Bishop's desire. Bishop's desire is that the life of Catholics in the Diocese of Sioux Falls is more robust, more heartfelt, that we're living a life encountering Jesus Christ and knowing the joy of his teachings and his sacraments. Um, more so when he leaves, whenever that is, whether it's his death, whether the Pope moves him to a different diocese, his retirement, whatever it might be, that that is uh, more earnestly being lived uh, than when he got here. Yeah, absolutely. If you're just listening right now, we are being joined in the studio with Father Andrew Dickinson. He is talking to us about the Set Ablaze initiative going on in the Sioux Empire. People react to change differently. 
So when the Set Ablaze initiative was first announced, how did people react to the news? I guess from your perspective sure. with your own parishioners. Yeah, and I uh, so I just recently came to Sioux Falls. Uh, the last couple of years I've been in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And we were doing kind of some trial run of some of these things in the city of Aberdeen with the two Catholic parishes there, St. Mary's and Sacred Heart, as well as a small uh, town outside in Westport. There was certainly concern. People were concerned about uh, losing their parish identity. Mm. Right. Uh, getting swallowed up into a bigger thing. You know, in some of my parishes here, Lennox, uh, St. Magdalene and Lennox, St. Christine and Parker were concerned. Are we going to get kind of pulled into Sioux Falls in that way and get dominated by them? So certainly those concerns are at hand. Um, but there's also a uh, response to people saying like, yeah, we know that things need to get done. Um, even in some of the smaller parishes and some of those smaller towns, they recognize that their schools are changing. I mean, the South Dakota uh, High School Activities Association is having discussions about six-man football. Yeah. And so, uh, and, you know, towns that used to be arch rivals are co-oping for activities in our public schools. And so some of these same dynamics are at play in our church life in those rural areas. Also in Sioux Falls, where there's been population growth, there hasn't been the same parishioner growth. And so there is a need for us to ask some of these questions and look at some things. How do we, without changing the standard, how do we better help people know that they can live the life of Christ uh, and his church and come into it so that our church's growth in the Sioux Falls area are matching the way the population growth has happened? Some part of the Set of Blaze initiative, too, is that some priests stayed with their parish and others have moved. So how has... How have the other priests adjusted to the Set Ablaze initiative? Uh, very, I mean, pr- priests are people too. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, like, I myself was very shocked that I was being moved because mm-hmm. uh, it felt like I had gone through the preseason with the team to get traded right at the start of the season. Because mm-hmm. so I had invested the past couple of years in the parishes in Aberdeen, uh, but I got moved down to Sioux Falls. And so I was just shocked by it. Um, and so for me, there was a, a shock and a mourning. Uh, to go through uh, of having built and established those relationships and an expectation of it going on. And so, so there's some priests that are in times like that. There's priests that are, you know, coming to grips with maybe not being in charge. You know, they've kind of set the, and, and while they might want to be free of the administrative burden, it's sometimes tough to let go. Yeah. Uh, and then there's others that are just, I think most priests are, uh, I won't say all, but I think the the vast majority of our priests are very happy that Bishop DeGrood is addressing these two issues of the need to get people connected and engaged with the life of Jesus Christ in their church, and then also just addressing some of the question of the organization of the diocese as we experiencing as we experience that ongoing change in rural life in South Dakota. So how are you doing right now? You know, how have you adjusted to the move and, yeah. and what's your hopes for the Set Ablaze initiative? Thank you for asking. Um, you know, I, I'm adapting to the move. Like uh, professionally, you might say, like I love my parishes, I love my people. Yeah, I've got uh, two extra hats aside from pastor. I mentioned that vicar general title. Mm-hmm. That's going well. I also have some responsibilities for the Bishop O'Gorman School, uh, and that's going well. Um, so I'm loving all of that and slowly getting used to um, life in Sioux Falls. I have to confess, you know, I'm. Uh, I probably realized I'm more of a small town guy. Yeah. You know, 
And um, so, uh, but getting adapted to Sioux Falls life in that way. And um, so that's going well. My hopes are strong for the Set Ablaze initiative, especially see, so in my work as vicar general, I'm supposed to be in contact with pastors and deans in the area about how they're doing and their own implementation. The vision is I'm kind of like a quarterback. So Bishop DeGrood and a, a priest, Father Scott Trainer, are kind of like the coach, the offensive coordinator, mm. and making the plans. And then yeah. as the quarterback, I have to do my job, but also kind of have to know other people's execution of their own stuff and help them in their execution. Um, and so it's really a privileged place to see good things going on. But the real test is not just going to be these first months. It's going to be the years to come. Because any, like, as we know in our own life, if we want to change something, uh, it takes a sustained uh, effort over time, you know, incremental changes yeah. sustained over time. Um, and that's, I'm hopeful for that, but uh, going to be exciting to see how that plays out in months and years to come. So this is our first time meeting, you and I, Father Andrew, and I didn't mention this before, but you are pretty active on social media. You're active on Twitter, you're active on YouTube, and you you find ways to stay connected to younger people to youth and you know when you go to old gorman and other schools around the area what do kids say to you what are kids questions about the church and what's sure. going on right now yeah i think um beyond the pra- I, the children uh, the the youth aren't so much i think enwrapped in some of the practical questions mm-hmm. at least around here i think in some of the rural parishes there's you know the practical question of mass availability and location and things like that certainly is can be on people's minds, but I don't think it's um, a, lo- a lot of question really is just how do I be Catholic and Christian in this modern world? Um, because there is a lot of tension between the modern vision of what it means to be human mm-hmm. and uh, the Christian vision of what it means to be human. And I think there's can be a lot of bad stereotypes out there that um, to be a Christian, to live a Christian life is to um, to be mean to others in some way. Um, but, uh, really just to give them that encouragement of, yeah, here's a standard that Jesus sets in the scriptures and the life and teachings of the church, but here's the support to get there. And so we don't have to, uh, fear the standard, so to speak, even though the standard might seem daunting in some ways, Mm -hmm. but here's all this great help and support and things to, to meet that standard. And so, um, and they want to be uh, young people. Also, want, want to be respected. They don't want to be um, uh, patronized. Mm-hmm. You know, to be told you know things are puppy dogs and butterflies. Mm-hmm. When actually, no. I mean, there are real challenges out there uh, in that way. And I think, um, and, I, and, and uh, those who do respond, it's always very beautiful to see it. And that's. Uh, been one of the great joys of my priesthood, actually, that way, is I spent 11 years working at South Dakota State uh, with what's called the Newman Center, which yes. is uh, college students. And uh, they were, uh, I mean, if I lived to 100, it'll be a tenth of my life, was that ministry. <laughs> and it was uh, a constant blessing for me to see young people. Uh, you know, in those days, it was millennials, uh, and at the end, some uh, Gen Z. But, you know, the generations that are lambasted in many ways uh, in social media and Mm -hmm. other parts of culture, but to really see them just uh, when they're given a direction and an opportunity uh, 
entering into that maturity with great success and great effect. Once again, if you are just listening, Father Andrew Dickinson, he has been joining us in the studio to talk about the Set Ablaze initiative, along with other happenings going around in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And Father, if anybody has any questions for you about the Set Ablaze initiative or what's going on in the community, how can they contact you or a website that they can go to? Sure. I'd encourage them uh, mainly to contact their pastor of their local uh, Catholic church. Uh, if they're Catholic and have those questions, or if they're not Catholic and just curious, that'd be a great place to contact. Also, uh, some of the vision and things are available online at setablazesf.org. Uh, setablazesf, as in Sioux Falls, dot O-R-G. Uh, a lot of the vision, structure, and things can be found there. Uh, and then if you're on Twitter's X, whatever you want to call it, you know, <laughs> certainly uh, free to... Uh, uh, reach out to me uh, at Father Andrew, just uh, F-A-T-H-E-R-A-N-D-R-E-W. All right, once again, Father, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.